Welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Diz After Dark, uh, the Disney podcast that's not the same as all the others, and this is a particular, the reason I brought it up is for a particular reason, which will come out in just a second. I am Nick. And, I, and I've decided to go crazy. I, I'm just Paul. I'm not, the, I'm not the other Paul. I'm not Paul D. I'm just Paul. The other Paul's missing in action. Yeah. He, he's, gone cr- black, he's gone black ops. Yeah, he's gone down under. Uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm Bloody Craig. I good. want like a, a new online genre. I want to be Craig E Baby. Um, hang on, what's your American name? Craig. Chuck. No, it's Chuck oh yeah, Chuck, Chuck. Yeah, yeah, you can be Chuck. Uh, I want so to be called Chuck. from now on. I want to be known as Chuck Knee. Chuck Chuck Knee, like yeah. mango, mango. Anyway, the reason I brought up the fact that we're not the same as all the other Disney podcasts is because, and you can possibly hear some music in the background, um, we've got two special guests. Um, One has a connection to the music, the other one doesn't. So um, the first person I'm going to introduce is a former guest of the show. I always said former friend, but you've never not been our friend. Uh, And that is Dr. Squee. Hello. Hi, Dr. Squee. How are you? Oh, very well. Thank you very much for having me on, gents. Very welcome. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. Um, And we do have another guest on as well, and this is going to be definitely a show of two halves. Um, And our next guest is a gentleman who is new to the show, hasn't been on before, uh, and he goes by the name of... Well, actually, why don't you introduce yourself, sir? It's uh, Chris Ripley, author of the unofficial story and guide to Halloween Horror Nights. Oof. So, a published author... So Apparently my animation uh, stories on, on, on the uh, website weren't enough to be considered an author. We actually have a fully-fledged author uh, within the ranks. So, uh, so there you go. And there's a particular reason why Dr. Squee has joined us. So we're going to dedicate the first uh, first portion of this show uh, to him and a little bit of uh, stuff that we've been doing. But it wouldn't be right for us to continue the show without saying, or at least asking the question, what's everybody drinking? <sighs> tap water sorry yeah I'm, I'm, I'm on the tea I'm afraid Ooh. it's a school night tonight it is indeed I was as you could hear there I was slurping as well um, I'm on the uh, the Cherry Pepsi Max because um, we've just moved into the new house and it's all uh, it's all pandemonium um, Dr Squee what's your beverage of choice well- you see, I feel like a fool now. Usually I wouldn't drink on a work night, but uh, <laughs> I, I thought I'm going into the Mouse's Head pub. It would be rude of me not to. Indeed. So uh, I kind of tried to go for a joint theme as I, I, as I too tried Ooh. to do. So I, I've gone for a little bit of a crossover between Doctor Who tenuously and um, Disney. So I thought about like this series on Doctor Who. There was an episode with Vikings in it where they had like uh, archers. And of course we have Brave in the Disney world. So I've gone for a strongbow. Right in my hand, right in Chuck's hand. Fair enough. And Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, oh, I'm letting the side down, but funny enough, I've also just moved and I'm drinking a cup of tea. There you oh. go. See, you know, it's, it's a soft night for a change in the mouth. It doesn't always have to be the alcohol. But I know it's going to upset people. <laughs> well, you know, ish. Um, but if but anyone wants to complain about the fact that we're letting the side down, they can fire a few places, um, and one of those currently is still our website, which is www.disafterdark.com. Um, of course, you can also email us at podcast at disafterdark.com. Yeah, and we're on Twitter and Facebook. 
Oh, I was on mute. Sorry. It's a bit of background noise. I was trying to cut uh, it out and ended up cutting out all the important bits. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash this after dark. There you go. There we go. And we've got a new, um, I see a new site up and running as well, Mr. Lucas. Yeah, disafterdark.blogspot.co.uk. I'm all very new to it, so bear with me. I'm uh, trying to get it up and running and uh, get it a bit smart. Yeah, but there you go. So, so we actually try and work actively on-ish, possibly, maybe. Who knows? Um, and also you can find it on uh, Periscope and Fine and... That's normally Nick in a bus stop touching himself. That, that is usually what it is. And will continue to be as well. Nothing's going to change with that one. Um, but let's let's kick off as we mean to go on. Um, and as we said, we've got Dr. Squee on. And uh, as, as regular listeners will know, uh, Dr. Squee has his own podcast. That's what he tells me. Sorry, was that my cue? <laughs> yeah, was oh, sorry, I was waiting for a question. <laughs> Put your pants back on, Dr. Scree. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't know the video was on. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, my, my podcast is the Gallifrey Stands podcast, uh, which is a Doctor Who interview show. So I've had lots of people on from uh, from Doctor Who, including some of the doctors have, have, have stopped by uh, what I call my virtual console room. So some of them I've interviewed in person, some people over Skype. I also get fans on and writers and people who have done weird and wonderful things because of Doctor Who. So there was this uh, one company who makes lip balms in America based on Doctor Who characters, if that isn't random enough. Um, <laughs> That's and, random. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? And there was this, this, these other guys who um, are Doctor Who Brazil, and they literally, um, because of them and their fandom, they started groups in Brazil you know, who liked Doctor Who, and at the time you couldn't get it, get it anywhere in Doctor Who, uh, Doctor Who anywhere in Brazil, it wasn't shown over there, all you could do is get the DVD shipped over. And uh, because they, you know, um, got such a presence and got it established that there was such a fandom for it, they got Doctor Who brought to Brazil. So uh, I thought that was an awesome story. So yeah, uh, some of it's celebrity stuff, some of it's just people who've got awesome stories about being fans of Doctor Who. And of course, every now and again, I get my fellow, fellow podcasters on, such as uh, Diz After Dark. Well, yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, so, so what? What? What's coming out? What have What have you been working on? Uh, well, it's it's funny you should ask that. There we go. <laughs> There's a question. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. We've been uh, working, of course, on uh, Doctor Who: The Time Trap. Uh, what happened was last year we did a Christmas special for the first time on the podcast. Uh, it was our first year, and. Uh, it was mainly just talking about a couple of the Christmas episodes, but we did these little bookends, which were little kind of skits uh, leading in and out. And I thought, oh, that was a bit of fun. So what I should do now is write a whole um, full cast audio drama, of course. Wow. Uh, you know, not really thinking it through how much work that was. But uh, <laughs> um, I basically wrote the thing and uh, there was a couple of people I had in mind uh, to be in it. And I wrote to a few people who had actually, um, some who of which had been Doctor Who, some which had done some of the, the big Finnish audios, which are the audio adventures of Doctor Who, where they bring in loads of the previous Doctors uh, from the show, uh, both of the classic series and the new one. And uh, uh, so I brought in a few people like that who agreed to be in it. Um, I was really surprised. I thought I'd ask loads of people and they'd all say no, but like um, a, a good handful of them said yes. There was only a couple of those I got. And I thought it was also a great opportunity to bring in, again, my friends from the podcasting world. So there is a lovely chunk of it uh, where I have a couple of uh, mouse's head landlords uh, dropping by into the uh, into the action. 
I can't time, wait. Time lords and landlords. I literally <laughs> can't wait to hear this. I am so excited. <laughs> so of course, Craig and Paul, um, Paul Boniface, uh, Boniface, uh, who um, uh, are in one of the scenes. And I thought it was just such a good um, excuse, not only to get, as I say, I've got some really good um, professional actors. Uh, I'll just sort of uh, give you a few names. Uh, there's a guy called Ross Mullen, who's done a load of monster work on Doctor Who. He comes uh, in on one of the scenes. Uh, there's a guy called Richard James, who's done uh, some big Finnish audio work, and he's a um, he was in Space Precinct. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Oh, yeah. it was, oh that was a long yeah, time ago. Jerry Anderson's yeah, Space Jerry Precinct. Anderson, yeah. yeah, recently turned 20. Uh, and he was in that. He was playing Officer Oren in that. Um, and he's a great stage actor as well. He's currently uh, just touring the country in Gangster Granny. So if it's coming to a town near you, please go and see it. I think you know uh, if it was. <laughs> Thanks to uh, Granny. Yeah, um, yeah so, which is, of course, uh, the great David Williams book. Um, yeah. We've got... We've got who else? Uh, Toby Haydoke, who's um, uh, this guy who's a, a basically a Doctor Who historian. He knows everything there is to know about every actor who was ever in Doctor Who. And he, he does a, an interview show where he... Um, it, he, he Basically, what he did was, two years before the 50th anniversary, he decided he could get an interview with someone who'd been in every single story in the 50-year history of the show. And he did it. Wow. And he'd still be releasing them. Well, his grandchildren, I think, may be still releasing them. Because <laughs> he did that many interviews. And there's kind of um, hundreds upon hundreds of episodes of Dog 2. It's, it's just ridiculous. But that's what he did. Um, and also, the other guy is uh, a guy called Rob Lloyd, who is uh, an Australian guy who did... He's a stand-up... He um, recently hosted the Doctor Who Festival in uh, Australia, and uh, he got to do a panel with uh, Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman. So, um, so I think some really good um, Doctor Who people from literally from around the world. There's some people from Canada in it, and then I thought it's like, oh, wouldn't it be great, as I say, to get my podcast friends in it? And when I wrote to you guys, it seemed like a real natural fit to do a bit actually set in Euro Disney. So the idea was, um, and it's kind of quite fun because I've done a few of these interviews, so it's nice to be able to talk about a different aspect of the the adventure than some of the other interviews I've done. So I thought it'd be great because uh, me and my co-star, Michelle Sewell, who basically, I I, I haven't mentioned I play the Doctor, because if you're going to write a Doctor Who play, of course you're going to play the Doctor. (laughs) Um, So I play the Doctor. My friend Michelle, who's a fantastic, um, uh, she's done some amateur dramatics before. She's absolutely great. She plays my companion, Orla, um, which is a little nod to my um, my mum being from Ireland. And... um, Basically, when we were doing this performing arts course, we went to Euro Disney, uh, and uh, Euro Disney, absolutely lovely. The trip wasn't so much with our college course that we were on with. Uh, it's one of those things where you're forced to go uh, to a place with loads of people who you might not choose to spend your time with otherwise. Uh, thank God Euro Disney was fun, uh, maybe apart from the small world ride, which was a bit weird. But, uh, uh, yeah, we had an absolutely great time. So I thought it would be really fun to write a scene in a pub and and I thought maybe we could even bring in a bit of uh, Diz After Dark magic by bringing in a certain pub that we know very well from this podcast. So the mouse's head is in Doctor Who canon, isn't it? And non-canon. Non-canon, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the BBC I'm... could be knocking, is what you're saying. Uh, well, it depends how good the acting was. I mean, I've not heard oh. the acting yet, so I can only imagine how, how fantastic it will be. But um, I just like the fact that you know, you decided to put the mouse's head 
um, within the the walls of Europe, uh, Disneyland Paris. Oh, it's phenomenal. Quite, quite I just crazy. can't. And the five minutes you, you've we've put out the last couple of days, the first five minutes of the show of the production, the work that has gone into that is absolutely astounding. If you if you think that we put that much passion into this podcast, it might sound <laughs> half decent. Is that what you're kind of insisting? Um, I don't think we I don't think we'd ever get another show out because it, how long is it? How long is the the, the episode? It's it's an hour long adventure, so I wanted to sort of like be uh, like the Christmas specials they do for Doug Two. And by the way, uh, this is my worry. You see that now people are going to listen to this and uh, email and tweet or whatever else into me saying, "Why don't you put this much effort into your weekly show? <laughs> why do we have to wait till Christmas till you do this? Because it takes a bloody long time. That's why." How many how many man hours has gone into it? I, I I am uh, scared to think, basically. Wow. Um, somehow, over the last kind of, uh, I think it's about four months since I finished the script, and I had this, yeah, you know, I definitely had a hair at my bum about this that would be out for Christmas. <laughs> and uh, and basically, uh, at the same time, my wife, who does a jewellery business, our, our sponsor from our podcast is Dottie's Charms, named after my dog. It's a business which we, we do as our genuine business where my wife makes jewellery and she re- recently started making candles and a few other bits and bobs. And when we go to vintage fairs and some sci-fi fairs where we have sci-fi themed jewellery. And uh, at the same time as I was putting all this together, uh, we suddenly decided to go every weekend to a different vintage fair selling stuff leading up to Christmas. So I'm like working seven days a week some weeks or six wow. days depending on how long the vintage fair is. Some, some of them one day, some of them two days. And at the same time, I'm producing a podcast and trying to produce this audio drama. I, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, quite frankly, but I'm very <laughs> proud of the result. So um, the, be, other, yeah. the, the other interesting challenge was, I mean, and, and I must say thank you very much for releasing the trailer and the five minutes on your feed. It is so much appreciated. Um, when you put so much time into something to actually hear it um, being put out like that is it, just it means the world to me but um, I think the, the main thing is um, the way we, we record it as well I had me, Michelle and uh, one other uh, member of the cast went into this recording studio to record our parts but a wow. lot of people, because as I said I had some um, you know, real kind of professional actors recording bits for it so a lot of it was done remotely and then I thought it's like well if I'm going to do that remotely if I want to include all these people from these different podcasts, I can just get them to record it and send it in to me. Yeah. So, uh, so the thing was, it was a bit of a jigsaw puzzle as well, because I'm recording all these parts. I get them back in. I've got to listen to them, but check they're okay. There's a couple of times where I have to just have a couple of re-records from a few people. Not many at all, because everyone really brought their A game. And, um, you know, people usually gave me a couple of takes like you guys did. And, uh, but then when it comes back, you suddenly worry. It's like, oh, crap, how am I going to make this sound as if it's all in the same room? And luckily, uh, once you've kind of filtered the files and you've matched up the sound levels and then you've got uh, the excellent work of a friend of mine, Mike Mann, over in the States uh, from Monkey Basement Productions who did the sound effects, once you put all that in and the background hum of the TARDIS, it kind of all just comes together. And then you add the music on top, which was by a great guy called Dan Parkinson. We had this idea where I wanted it always to be a sort of minimal soundtrack, but I wanted to come in at certain moments. And there's certain scenes in this which just wouldn't have worked if it hadn't have had the music in the background. This so once yeah, you tied all that together, you suddenly realise it's like, wow, everyone does sound like they're in the same room. And it's just really crazy to think how we recorded it. Because I just listened back to it for the first time with my co-star all the way through. 
yeah. and I kind of listened to it so many times, but I was listening for specific things. I wasn't really listening to the play as such because you're listening for levels, you're listening yeah. for the sound effects, you're listening for the music. So listening to it just to listen to it was great. And and I just suddenly thought, it's like, wow, it sounds like I'm talking to that guy who wasn't there, which is just <laughs> kind of trippy feeling, really. I can't wait. And the, and the, the full episode itself is released on the 22nd, is that right? Yeah. Two days away, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I, I, mean, I, I believe this is going up on the same day, actually. So today, I should say. This, uh, is, it's on the this is going out tonight to help push oh, more brilliant. people and all the all the writing's done all everything's ready to go oh i mean that that means that's the first me driving the the wheels of steel better get this right then quickly <laughs> but oh, even better so so two days away yeah yeah it's on uh, tuesday the 22nd well, of december i want it just in time for christmas so everyone could listen to it uh, it isn't I, I keep on calling it the Christmas play. It doesn't have a lot of mention of Christmas, but right at the end, you've got this nice little chunk of Christmas and a nice little reference to a a, a classic Doctor Who moment from Christmas, which is all oh, I'm going to say. So excited! Wow. Well, and, I mean, I, I, I mean, luckily when we've got some Doctor Who fans here on the show, um, I mean, I've got to be honest myself. I think the last companion I can remember. Or at least one last one I fell in love with was Ace, so I'm showing <laughs> my age a little bit there. But um, yeah, I know it's a it's a very big thing, very popular thing still. And um, one day I'm sure I'll get back into it. I'll probably buy some box sets or something. But um, I mean, the play sounds great. Craig's been uh, singing its praises ever since doing the the recording a few months back. And um, yeah, I can't wait to hear the, the final result. So uh, you know, good luck with it. I'm sure. It will be as big a success as, as you want. And hopefully with our, our extra 10 listeners um, who have heard the trailer, maybe a few more than usual. And, um, you know, can't wait for it to come out now. That's it. Well, I, I'd just like to say very thank you very much for having me on. Uh, also, um, if everyone just goes to gallifreystandspodcast.podbean.com, you can find it there. It'll be as part of our uh, podcast feed. It'll come out. And uh, just another thing which I tried to do uh, with all the people who kind of guest appear, I've tried to do little in-references, which the people who know these people will get. So in the um, section which centres around Disneyland, you will notice a few little references to this podcast, a few lines you might find very familiar from this podcast, oh, which fantastic. was just so much fun to do. So, um, so well, it's, it's you guys who uh, deliver most of them. So <laughs> I thought I'd, I'd write it into your part. And, and this kind of thing, which, which is just so much fun to do. If you don't know the references, it's fine. You can just listen to it and you won't even notice they're there. If you do, though, it's like, ah, I love that podcast. They, they, <laughs> they did the lines from Diz After Dark. I, they did the catchphrases. Um, I've just, um, so kind I've of that just been on Paddy Power and have actually closed the betting on the phrase absolutely being uttered during that record <laughs> so uh, you know don't, don't try and put any money on that one uh, listeners it's, well I it's don't like to give it away <laughs> <laughs> I think I think PB did that for us anyway um, but, but thank you very much I, we'd love to have uh, had you on uh, for the whole show but as well you know obviously Doctor Who is a massive part of, of sci-fi um, and that kind of genre but there's been an even bigger uh in my opinion, in our opinion, I think, uh, released this week. Um, even shift in the show, force, you could say. You could, which I think actually is what you was doing just before the show started, Craig, if I remember <laughs> rightly, on the shift in the force. Um, but, but as you oh. haven't seen uh, the film yet, we don't want to give away too yeah. much. And to anyone else listening, um, if you haven't seen Star Wars by the time 
this show's come out. Uh, firstly, why not? Uh, and secondly, you may want to um, pause it um, before we start talking about Star Wars and come back and listen to it once you have seen the film. I think it'd be much uh, a much bigger benefit to you. But uh, Doctor Squee, thank you ever so much for joining us. Um, have a lovely Christmas, and uh, yeah. you know it's good luck with the show, with the uh, the play, and uh, we'll be in touch. I'm sure uh, next year. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll, I'll actually be as soon as I drop our play, I'm going off to see The Force Awakens on Tuesday. So I can't wait, Sam. I can't wait to hear your uh, little review of it afterwards. So, um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your episode and thank you very much for welcoming me into the pub. No now, if problem. the uh, landlord could just kick me out. Go on, you're you not going to go by the target. Yeah, gonna... <laughs> I think you're going to leave by the phone. Box. I parked it outside. It's fine. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Thank you very much. Cheers up to screen. Goodbye, gents. Thanks. Cheers. See ya. And then, and then there were four. Now, so, Chris. Yes. That, by the way, it's not me answering four, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Craig. <laughs> You've seen Star Wars The Force Awakens? I have. Awesome. Mr. Dolan seen it tonight? Just, just back from it. I seen it last Daily night. And I, I, of course, saw it on premiere day. And as anyone that um, is a personal friend of mine will see on, on Facebook... Um, one of oh yeah, biggest... I saw those. Yeah. Did you see that? One yeah, of the biggest... pictures of you hobnobbing with the A-listers. Oh, well, that as well. That was that. That was actually um, so me meeting the two new stars of the film in um, John Boyega, who plays Finn, and uh, Daisy. I got a name wrong last show. So what was it? Daisy Ridley. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, who plays Ray? Uh, that was. She actually... is the bloke from Dad's Army's granddaughter she is i'm glad you, no I'm glad you ended that sentence yeah. as well because that would have been very confusing if people thought she was a bloke from dad's army uh, <laughs> she's, she's a, he's aged wonderfully if so but that's uh, an army i want to be in <laughs> yeah well, the new film comes out next year but um that was actually at the the launch of the merchandise for the force awakens back in september so it wasn't at the premiere but um when i went down to the I think it was like the third or fourth screening of it in Leicester Square that day. Um, as we were waiting to go in, somebody walked out and shouted out a load of spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Now, luckily for me, and we'll talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about spoilers in a minute, but luckily for me, I'd already made my guesses about what was going to happen in the film. Um, and we, I discussed them with my wife just before we'd gone in so and before he started spoiling him so luckily it didn't ruin the experience for me but i'm sure it would have done a few others and um if you just just in a, a really random way do listen to this podcast and it was you shouting things out about quarter past three last thursday about things that happened to force awakens um i hope you die painfully <laughs> you've obviously um, gone over to the dark side well he will uh, if i find him again he i'll be going over to the dark side um, I just hate people that you know get a kick out of that. Homer Simpson mm. doing it, fine. That's that's fictional. But, oh uh, yeah. You know, you're not Homer Simpson. <laughs> you're just a tosser. Anyway, um, nice. so we've had we've had kind of Chris's one word review. Yeah. Um, Craig, you saw it uh, last night. What did you think? One word. Astonishing. Astonishing. Okay, Mr. Dolan. Um. One, only one word. One word for now. Okay. Um, That's a word. Amazing. Amazing. There you go. <laughs> okay. Um, my my one word is disappointed, not disappointed. Oh. <laughs> Chris, Chris, what's your word? 
Yeah. Like, 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 had his, awesome. Awesome. Oh, awesome, you really. said awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome, he, amazing, and astonishing. In fact, I only, I only spoke to one person on Thursday um, who had seen the, the film on Thursday when it came out in the UK who was disappointed with it. Mm. Has gone back to see it since then and has started to rave about it as well. So I don't know. Maybe it was seeing it so early in the morning that uh, that made him feel that way. I don't know. But Steve, anyway, nice one. So um, yeah, the Force Awakens. I think I, I think you know we obviously had a, a show last week and we were talking about how excited we were for it. But with any kind of film of this nature, there's always that worry that it's not going to live up to expectation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, I've got to be honest, it was the first film I've, I've seen in um, IMAX laser 3D, um, of which I think there's only one in the country at the moment anyway, and it's a, a new, you know, another new IMAX product. Um, and it was the, the best uh, 3D film I've ever seen in the fact it didn't look very blurry at any time. The colours were completely, uh, you know, Right, and, and didn't look dull at all. Um, really made the film stand out. But um, you know, the 3D, as much as it adds another dimension to it, wasn't didn't really have that much effect on the film itself. Um, which I was I was just amazed by how good it was. Um, my sister-in-law was gutted because she's a Star Trek fan and feels very much that J.J. Abrams has kind of ruined that franchise. That seems to have completely yes. nailed Star Wars at his first attempt. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I have to. I beg to differ. I think he's done a brilliant job with Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. how do I you beg, feel? I beg to agree with Craig. No. I mean, no. I, 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 I will have to agree with the other two, but for different reasons. The thing is, you know, I never was a fan of the original Star Trek series. I like the Next Generation. Never really liked the original series for whatever reason. But when you look at Star Wars and you look at Star Trek, Star Trek was, you know, the science in science fiction. While Star to, Wars was very much yeah, the... but with Star Trek, he's had to reboot the franchise. With the, Star Wars, to. he's just had to carry on. Yeah, but he didn't need to reboot the franchise. The problem is he, re- he basically turned Star Trek into Star Wars. Well, he, he turned Star Trek into the shower scene from Dallas, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's literally that's also true. It's, it's yeah. all a dream. It's all make believe. It's a different timeline. He can do what he wants, and I think a lot of Trek fans are a bit pissed off with that. Mm. Yeah, uh, didn't he get over it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's their franchise. Yeah, I mean, look, well, look, look, look. Let's let's go back to what we were talking about the other day. Let's remember how George Lucas ruined his own film franchise. Well, yeah, there's that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. We all felt that time. Look, come on, let's get stuck into the Force Awakens then. <sighs> so, who's or, Nick? You saw it in Super Lightsaber Laser 3D <laughs> IMAX. Yeah, I had my arm cut I, off like a wampa. I saw it in 2D. Mm-hmm. Craig, Actually, 2D. Chris? Uh, 2D at the local Odeon. Had to kick the chewing gum off the seat myself. <laughs> <laughs> Still doing that. That's amazing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, obviously, I am the, the 3D fan, but um, they were only showing it in 3D in IMAX, so I didn't have much choice whether I wanted to or not. And whilst, um, actually, there was a really good bit of it in 3D where the, um, I, I don't even know what it was called, but like the, the Super Super Star Destroyer. I don't think it was ever really reference what it was actually called Don't know. but the, the big one yeah the, the biggest star destroyer um there's a scene where that literally pokes out into your face because it's, wow. it's forward facing and that was that was outstanding the rest of it was you know a few 
pointy things out if you like that kind of thing. A lot of depth though, which is what I prefer in, in 3D films. Um, the the actual aerial dogfights were brilliant. Um, you know, the, the perspective really did um, add to that, and and you really felt you know with the the camera moving that you were moving with it, it was it was uh, pretty impressive. But you know, like a lot of things, if you like 3D go see it in 3D if, if you're not it, you're not going to miss out that much by seeing it in 2D at all I mean the, the best thing about this for me I think is the fact that the story was so good now a lot of people have, have said that they feel that um, The Force Awakens is essentially going back to J.J. Abrams of course a reboot um, or a remake of A New Hope yeah, yeah. I thought uh, that A New Hope 2 A New Hope 2 even more hope yeah now, I do, I do understand where people are coming from when they say that. Well, you can if you go through the two films and compare them scene for scene. You've got BB-8 land, you know, on the planet in the desert. You've got the two droids at the start of a new hope in the desert, get away, and they're, they're doing the same thing. Then you've got the death, which there's a death. Well, we, can talk, we can talk about the death anyway in a minute. Okay, right. So that it's matched in the two films, a major death. Then you've obviously got the twins because they are twins. Yeah? No. I oh, disagree yeah. with that. I disagree with that. But we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that in a, in a bit more detail because I think there's a few things that have happened in this film that... I'm assuming they're related to... but not twins. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's a few things because it's been left so open because we don't know what's happened in between that time um, that are left to kind of interpretation until the next film, obviously, where those things will be picked up. Um, but the thing is, and you're right, but with those things as well, do not a lot of those things happen in... The Phantom Menace. I mean, you know, again, a major character dies in a Phantom Menace. Uh, get robots on a desert planet in a Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think there there are similarities anyway, and I think whilst you can use that as a bit of a negative at the same time. Oh, it's not a negative. Well, I guess, well no, but some people do see it as a negative, and I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't it, because I think you need to have those beats in a way it's a formula and you know it's just like a rocky film can you imagine if the beatles released a different album every time so like they released a pop album then they released a dance album then they released a jazz album it's the same band but you wouldn't like it dave nah the would have they'd have done the best especially <laughs> <laughs> it, jazz, jazz flute well you are i am of course talking to the scales of course but um, but no, I mean I think there are certain things that the that the films have to have to hit. Um, now I think before we talk, we'll go and talk about the the major uh, the major death in a minute. But um, I think first of all we should start at the beginning and the first of the new characters, not Max Van Sydow's character. Um, I'm actually talking about uh, Poe Dameron. Now, my feeling of Poe Dameron when he first appeared um, and, um, you know, was kind of about to be taken prisoner with how he was talking, you know, the the way he was behaving, I thought immediately, this is the new Han Solo. Maybe, yeah. Bit cocky, you know, a little bit of a joke. um, Excellent pilot. I thought maybe this is where they're trying to go because no matter what we feel, by the end of, like... Episode nine, 
I don't I don't really see any of the originals being left personally. Yeah. Because this to me is a is a new a new franchise. Um or if they are, they'll obviously be in a, in a much less a lessened role. So um, I thought that of Poe Dameron. But um, I'm not really familiar with Oscar Isaac's work, but I, I really enjoyed the character. Yeah, I did. Yep. He disappeared, and uh, he didn't really look very hard, did he? He'd been thrown out the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the fighter. <laughs> I'll be honest, when he reappeared in, that, in the helmet... I didn't recognise him at first. He looked completely different in the helmet. Yeah. So then I thought, oh, okay. It took me a few seconds to, to get that he was back again. You should stop looking at people in the helmet, Paul. We've told you Yeah, something. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Staring at helmets. And and then, of course, you know, at the same time we meet Poe Dameron, we also get the first introduction to, I can't remember what his serial number is, but we'll call him Finn. Mm-hmm. With my, my buddy, my pal, John Boyega. <laughs> um... And again, I think what surprised me, obviously you, you could tell by the merchandise and from the trailers that uh, Finn was going to be a very important character in this new series of films um, and was going to have quite a big role. But I think what I enjoyed uh, you know, about the character, but also actually probably about the, the film in general, was it was reasonably funny. And when it was funny, it was funny. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was cheesy, you know, like all the jokes to me hit. Um, You know, the the audience were laughing at the same jokes. It wasn't like there was a few people laughing. The the audience was laughing. And it's quite hard to do in in those kind of films. But, um, I mean, the bit bit that first got me was uh, when he was trying to uh, get BB-8 to reveal the planet they were supposed to be going to. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like getting in the eye and the, and the, the shake of the, the head. Like, come on, help me out here. And uh, just, just thought it was, it was an excellent touch. But I think it was a, a very interesting character. Obviously, the, the main difference between the uh, what we were seeing in the prequels to now is that in the prequels we had uh, clone troopers who were all clones. Whilst um, with this new series of films, the stormtroopers are actual people. Um you know, he said he was taken at a young age away to, to train to be a stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously, we, although we didn't see underneath the, the helmets of any other stormtroopers, when we hear, heard them talk, they did sound different as well. So, um, unless they've only used uh, his genes, I imagine that they all do look different as well. Wasn't but, he, uh, wasn't he a, a, a little bit of it where he, one of the characters threatened to re-energise the clone? army or the, the the robot army or the droid army or something uh, I, I think i was probably touching myself at that point so i, I didn't <laughs> i don't actually remember a lot of that going on unfortunately um yeah i don't know i'm gonna go and see the film again at least at least once more at the cinema if not a few more times actually so uh, I'll, I'll have to listen out but was that something from uh snook Is his name snook the little arse licker who, uh, <laughs> it, it was him. He said it. Hux, Hux. Yeah, I think yeah. it was him. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. It, um, it, yeah, I don't know. You could, you could well be right. Um, and also, um, I've heard a lot of rumours that the scene involving the next case we're going to speak about in a minute, Ray, when she tries to use the force to release her from um, the the shackles. 
on, on the uh, I know slab that she's attached to um, on the Starbase Killer. Um, the stormtrooper that she actually coaxed ah. to let her out apparently mm. is uh, not Craig David, but Daniel it's Craig. On. Yeah. Yeah. Is he? Apparently mm. Yeah. I've heard he from was... a few sources it is him, but... Uh... Yeah. He was filming Spectre next door, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, um, Simon Pegg was in it as well. Ewan um, McGregor is a stormtrooper as well. Really? <laughs> oh, yep. Love that. Mm-hmm. Love that. Oh, I'll be so glad if I, I mean I'm, I'm, I hadn't heard the Hugh McGregor one. I hope that one's true because I know he had such a miserable time doing the first three. <laughs> I'd, I'd have loved Kevin Smith to be a, a, an ex fighter, tie fighter uh, thing. Kevin Smith does have a voice credit in it. Does he? I I noticed that during the um, during the uh, the credits. Yeah. Oh man. So, uh, yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah. So so we haven't talked about Ray yet. Um, who obviously is the the main female character, mm-hmm. um, and I thought really well written actually. Yeah, yeah, she's a good strong character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did anybody else think that she looked a bit like Kira Knightley? Yeah, yeah. My, yeah. Wife, my wife. She hated it. Uh, <laughs> she hated the fact that she did. She's not a fan of Kira Knightley, but knew that she was a better actress. So they, you yeah. know, that was apparent. Um, but yeah, again, I thought uh, like a, a good introduction. Um, now, Craig has already made his guess uh, at this that she may be related to um, the last of the, of the major new cast. There were obviously other new characters as well, but I think the major ones. And that is, of course, Kylo Ren. Yeah. The twins. No, see. Yeah. No. So, they split them off. They split them off. No, Mr. Dolan, what do you think? No, I, I think they're related, but I think the our our discussion coming back in the car was that it could be Luke Skywalker's daughter. Well, who's, who's Luke Skywalker? Who's he been nobbing? Well, we don't we don't know that, do we? <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find nah, out. He really hasn't done Luke Princess Sky- Leia. It's, it's, it's the love child of Luke Skywalker and C three PO. That's why he's only got one arm. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. Well, that, that's that's not the only that's not the only mechanical bet he's got. Uh, oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, Chris, what did you what did you think of that? Oh, I don't know if they're twins. I mean, that's just repeating previous, well, isn't it? Not only yeah, to but me... twins are prevalent in certain families, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One one it normally skips a generation, I would say. But secondly, I mean, Chris is right in that. It would be a, a bit too much like that. Now, at no point did Han or Leia refer to another child. Yeah, but and you would have thought in, that they would have done at some point. Going back to the original Star Wars, at what point did we find out that them two were brother and sister after they yeah. necked? Yeah, yeah. It was in the next film, wasn't it? Yeah, but you'd think the parents would know how many children they've had. Yeah, but they're keeping it a secret to protect them. But then when she touched the lightsaber as well, there seemed to be a connection there. Yeah, it all come back. And the force. Yeah, to to Luke Skywalker, though. Exactly, the force is stronger on Luke's side than it was to Leia's side. The thing is, it is Carrie Fisher, and, you know, the the stories were back in the day, she did have a lot of blow, so. That is is very true. (laughs) You know. There's no denying that. There is no denying that. I wouldn't say there's much of Carrie Fisher left. (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, she she acted she she reacted to everyone off the um, the film like, but you couldn't tell which bit of her was moving. What I liked was before the the, the film started, we saw a uh, another trailer for the Peanuts movie, um, and uh, my, my wife turned around and said, um, "Your wife, my wife." She turned Your around wife. and said, "I hate the fact that they couldn't give no Charlie Brown." Anything. I hope so. Uh, oh, I can't believe be that Charlie that. Brown was has got like a different voice. Why they couldn't use the same voice? I said, "Well, those cartoons were like 40, 50 years ago." But when we were watching The Force Awakens, I was like, "Isn't it a shame that they couldn't give us Carrie Fisher's normal voice?" Oh yeah, because <laughs> her voice has changed so much. How much cocaine, she's cocaine gone a bit Catherine Turner, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> How much do you reckon that drug. Luke Skywalker or Mark Hamill got paid to be in that movie for about thirteen seconds and didn't actually see anything? Brilliant. I, you know what? As long as he wasn't getting paid by the line. Yeah. Uh, How I mean, many takes? Speaking line. <laughs> that is true. Apparently, that scene was was only filmed fairly recently, because obviously they're over filming. Uh, they've done some principal photography for episode 8 already but production actually starts in spring I believe of 2016 and we've only got to wait till May 2017 for the next one no not way not Christmas yeah wow. not even Christmas it's coming well, when's early. Rogue Squadron coming out uh, that is next Christmas no yeah 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 oh yeah 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 Rogue, Rogue 8 or whatever it's called Rogue I want Rogue. some Star Wars underpants now I think Oh, well, it's I'm... good to know that you're at least going to wear any underpants. <laughs> um, so I tell you, so I tell you what, because obviously, you know, I'm with I'm with Mr. D and Chris here that I think it's more of a Luke Skywalker thing than a than a Han or Leia thing. Um, but I actually had a theory. so the cousins is what you're saying. Yeah, well, one one it could be cousins, or I completely flipped it, reversed it. What if she's got nothing to do with Luke or Leia or Han? What if she's actually a descendant of Palpatine? Whoa. Or Yoda. <laughs> no, I think mine's just a slightly more plausible than that. She did have a little, little bit of green in her. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. But that's. But I, I suddenly thought, because then that would be a curveball. Because mm. we're all thinking she's got to have a connection with Luke. No, it's that. She's got a connection what? with Leia, but... Think yeah. back to what Luke Skywalker says in the trailer Nothing. about the family. He does. He said, "No, no, Luke's not in that trailer at all." Well, who's saying all that stuff then? That was uh, Snook, or Snook, or whatever his name is. Who's Snook? The uh, the the big uh, the big Gollum, the supreme being, or whatever. Yeah, the big the big Gollum played by Gollum. It's yeah. no. He says it's, it's strong in my family and all this. No. Yeah, it's not Luke. Honestly, Luke Luke doesn't. Not only does he not say a word in the film, he doesn't say a word in the trailer either. It's well, all the red I mean, And this Snook fella, right, who's twenty feet tall. Yeah, but hang on, right? Let's clear, clear this up as well because he's twenty feet tall. That's a hologram. That's yeah. a hologram. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, like so he's the, only he's oh, going to be actually, like a Yoda, isn't he? Yeah, he's actually like, only about thirteen inches tall. It's like Oz. <laughs> it's like Oz again. <laughs> but he's got a bit of a complex. He's got a small man complex. He's definitely got a complex. It was quite yellow, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and we've gone this far without one talking about the major spoiler that we're going mm. to talk about in a minute, but also uh, the villain of the piece. Or, you know, one of the villains, probably not the, the main one, although he appears to be. Of course, and that's Kylo Ren, who we know uh, is 
has has the force about him, even though he's gone to the dark side. Um, now I've got to be honest. Like I think we were kind of spoiled a bit with. Um, and we talked about this last show as well. Your Darth Mauls and your, your general grievances, where they looked really badass and they didn't last at any time at all. Um, obviously, with Kylo Ren, it was the opposite. I actually really liked the character. I was surprised with how good a villain he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he just come across as a spoiled brat. Yeah. He needed a slap. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but who's going to slap him? Well, Han Solo. Daddy tried to. The supreme being. It didn't work out very well, did it? That's yeah. just, like he, 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 the way he was fantasising about his granddad and all that. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Did, where did he get the mask from? And why did he have eBay. it? eBay. eBay, eBay yeah. Because I thought he, he got all burnt up at the end of... I'm sure film, he did, yeah. Number six. No, well, no, I think... Because they, they, they gave him a Viking burial, didn't they? But I don't believe yeah. he was with mask. Oh, no, oh, he was, yeah. He was, yeah. That's yeah. why it's all burning. But, yeah, so it, was, it wasn't It was It like a PVC mask. It didn't just melt into one blob. It was obviously space plastic that doesn't completely melt. Yeah. But then that means that somebody's gone back to the planet and picked it up. How did he get it? Or did Luke just keep it as a souvenir? Also, we're assuming that he only had one. That's like, true. Uh, loads. Now, yeah, we know Craig has one pair of pants, but... He probably had a Sunday mask. He probably had... <laughs> One with like every day of the week marked on it. Yeah, Monday, on the Tuesday, inside. Wednesday, mask, Thursday, <laughs> Friday. Yeah. Um, so it could be that. You're, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a very good point you raised there, Chris, because you're right. But um, you know, I'm sure there's ways and means. He might have even just found it lying around somewhere. Who knows? But um, yeah, okay, he may come across as a sport brat, but he, you know, as I said, he, he who's going to give him a slap? Now, before we talk about uh, the, the legend that was. Um, can we talk about how good, or at least I thought, uh, how good Harrison Ford was? In oh, oh, he was good. Yeah. He was phenomenal. And he's I mean, worth every penny. He's been paid an obscene amount of money. He's been paid 16, six and a half million. Hasn't uh, he done a deal that he gets to make Indiana Jones after this, though? He's yeah, Well, the agreement was that if they made another Indiana Jones, he would have to star in it which uh, Spielberg said would have to happen anyway because he didn't want to do one without him. So I think that was a, a nice one. But he got 16.5 million plus, I think it was 2% of gross. Wow. Oh, it's yeah. already made a quarter of a billion pounds this weekend. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, 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 and that's not, we still haven't got the, um, the three-day total for America yet. Mm. Yeah. So it could even have edged over that because the, the opening weekend record in America was 208 million only set a few months ago by Jurassic World and they were already estimating it was going to beat that this weekend but it was going to be tight so the thing is it's already made a quarter of a billion but it could make almost another 200 by just America alone so we could be looking at you know three four hundred dollar billion at million Dollar weekend. It just, it's, got, it's got to be the biggest grossing film ever. It's going to be. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing is, it's got it's got a long way to go, and it'll be interesting to see what the legs are like because I think Avatar Avatar's the current leader, isn't it? And that seemed to last forever. It didn't. It wasn't at the top for a long time, but it just seemed to like just be there for a long time. Just had a lot of staying power, and I think there's an initial rush to go and see Star Wars. 
and it will have legs and it will break that billion. Uh, you know, Do you reckon the, the guy at Walt Disney World that signed the agreement to build Avatar World got his P45 this weekend? Oh, I hope so. When but, they yeah. saw how much money Star Wars is But made. We've, we've talked, we've talked yeah. about similar before. I mean, that was just a wrong decision. Um, you just but, bring J.J. Uh, Abrams in to do Avatar 2 and everyone will be yeah. laughing. And uh, he's, he's got 3, 3% of gross, I think, J.J. So well, actually, Craig's, Craig's hit on an actual master stroke there, right? So it turns out, bringing J.J. Abrams, and it turns out that Pandora is actually a planet in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and then do a mashup movie. You could retrofit Star Wars in there. Exactly. Bring, bring Alien in as well. Yeah. And for that matter, E.T., because I didn't realise E.T. are in that world as well. Uh, E.T. is definitely in Star Wars, yeah. They yeah, were in, yeah. Uh, a couple of members of his family were on are in The Phantom Menace, you can see, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, but, I mean, you know, oh, and, and on top of that, so that's what Harrison Ford got paid. People were complaining that John Boyega and uh, Daisy Ridley only got 300 grand to be... Really? Yeah. But then the thing is... Why would you, why would we expect them to be paid more? Yeah. Like they're unknown actors. Yeah. Like yeah, their well, casting agents aren't going to push for like lots of money, are they? Yeah, get... and you you know they're going to get a hell of a lot more in the setting and oh. subsequent films. So, put it this way, I, I can I can pretty much guarantee three hundred thousand is is probably about two hundred ninety thousand more that then John Boyega probably got for Attack the Block. So, yeah. which is starting. So, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, low budget, isn't it? It's low budget, and it's amazing for, as well. I because, didn't recognise him, but yeah, yeah. So he he thing, was a kid in Attack the Block. I hate Attack the Block. I don't. Which, I like it. Well, the it's thing good. is, I because I, I was gutted because I'm a big fan of Adam and Joe. So, uh, Joe Cornish's directorial, directorial debut. He says drunkenly. Um, and I just found the, the cast so unlikable. I mean, they were very good at making you unlike them, but um, that I just didn't gel with the, the film. I'll, I'll go back and watch it at some point. But Yeah, um, watch it again. It's, it's good. It's funny. John Boyega is such a, like, seems such a nice guy when I met him. And if you like see the interviews he's done about the film and turning up at screenings and stuff like that, and his Instagram videos about him buying action figures, he just comes across as a kid in a candy shop. He's not, an, you know, him doing Star Wars wasn't an acting decision. It was like living a childhood dream. Mm. You can see that. And I, I'm so happy that it's worked out for him. And that the response That's what I was like when I got it. on to Do's After Dark. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that quickly changed, isn't it, Craig? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the reality kicked in. Yeah. I didn't get 300 grand for Do's After Dark. <laughs> I don't think I've got three pounds since starting the show. <laughs> but, can I, uh, can two... I give you my theory why I think all the performances are really good? Go for Go it. On. Real sets, real props, yep. real explosions, real stunts, yeah. just a lot more realism. Yeah. No, you're no blue screen. Right. We, we talked about this um, last week, actually, about why we hate the prequels so much. And uh, and that was the, the main thing, is that... And also why Hugh McGregor hated it so much, because it's hard acting in front of nothing. Mm. You know? And I think you're right. I mean... Obviously, we all, I think, you know, any Star Wars fan had a, th- a fear when they announced a new Star Wars film. But once you saw the actual sets, they, the fact they actually had sets, I started to feel a bit easier about it. <laughs> mm. And after the trailers and everything like that. But that, I think, now on the head, you know, that is such a critical thing. I think it's probably made such a difference to those films. Um, yeah. 
and and what they're going to be doing afterwards. But we've skipped around it for for a long time. Um, we have to talk about the the historical moments. We've had a an enjoyable film. It's been funny, dramatic, and then you have the the final son and father meet between Han and Kylo Ren or Ben, which we've not we've not even mentioned, have we? Named after Ben Kenobi, of course. Yeah. Um, as is his real name. And there's that sudden bit you're like, is he going to do it? Is he not going to do it? Is he not going to do it? Is he going to do it? And mm. of course he does. He pulls the trigger and, um, you know, the lightsaber's up in Han Solo and that's it. He's done. He's toast. Mm. But did you see that um, they've announced that him and all the others are back for the next film? Now, I did, but they announced that Wednesday at the European premiere and I am not 100% sure if that means... That's they they said that because they didn't want the the spoiler going out yeah. uh, just to save face. But yeah. at the same time, I think it's a I think it's quite a bullshit thing to do if you go oh well we didn't actually mean it like that we just didn't want to spoil it for you. So I I do think that he will be back because I have be, sorry he could be back for flashbacks and whatnot. Yeah. Oh no, I mean he won't be back yeah. as you know. I got stabbed by a lightsaber could, and yeah. fell into a, a chasm and I was alright on a planet that then blew up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or a shower in Dallas. Yeah. Or a shower in Dallas, yeah. yeah. But, um, but bit yeah, of an so Eddie. I think, I think we'll probably see a bit of a flashback, you know, if if Craig's right. Mm. Uh, now, maybe we'll, well see him like, The rumours are, there's very strong rumours Darth Vader is going to be in Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Yeah, that, well, because that's kind of set at the time of A New Hope. Now, all right, okay. So he's not going to be a ghost, isn't he? No. He's going to be actual Darth Vader. Yeah, cause so, so the, the Rogue film is about the, if I'm if I'm right, and, you know, somebody with more brain cells and intelligence, Chris, Paul, I'm looking at you. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, as I understand it, this is the like a squadron of, of X-Wing fighters on a secret mission to get the plans for the Death Star. Okay. Don't um, they, ha- they have the plans in episode four, don't they? Yeah. yeah so they, they must, this must be the story between three and four then. So it's oh, like yeah. the Dambusters yeah. of, of Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's how it's looking anyway. So, I mean, that's that's how I, I've understood what I've I've heard so far, but I'm sure we'll find out the next more about that in the next few months. Um, but yeah, so you so you're you're right about Darth Vader should be should be in it, which should be uh, interesting. But um, I can't remember what I was saying. James L. Jones is still available. I would have he, thought he is. Yes, Dave Prowse is as well. Dave Prowse, yeah, I yeah. imagine yeah. <laughs> for a fee. But um, but no, I mean, I, I th- a lot of people have said that with the with the um, Han death that it was a little bit um, a little bit of a letdown. Um, mm. Just seemed to kind of happen out of nowhere. It wasn't like a, a, a big hero finale for someone that was such a big character. It was quite short and sweet. But I think, like, really, he was one of the main players in the film. Mm. Like he, he had a lot of screen time. He wasn't yeah. there at the beginning, but from pretty much the point he showed up, he was in charge of a lot of scenes. He well, was, I think. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Paul. It's okay, Chris. Go ahead. I was to say, I, I think him and um, the two unknown actors, those three, they were pretty much the three main actors all the way through, weren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, obviously, General, as she is now, General Leia, um, had a, a small part towards the end of the film, and we all know what happened with Luke. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, really, it was it was them and Chewie, um, who I thought was also really good, actually. Yeah. Chewbacca had a lot more character than um, he's, he's done previously. He seemed to kind of step up a little bit more. Yeah. Chewie was it... funny. Yeah. Sorry. No, he was. No. So, uh, so, so there. So, I, I, I do understand, but at the same time, I think if you look at like the deaths of uh, Qui Gon Jinn, who was obviously very key, um, and and also obviously um, going back to Episode Four, Obi Wan Kenobi, I think it kind of w- was of a similar kind of nature. Like there was a bit of build up. I mean, a lot of similarity as well in in how Ben Kenobi died with with um, with Darth Vader to how Han did. So. Um, you know, I, 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 I get it, but I was I was satisfied. Uh, did anyone yeah. see it coming? Because that is what that dickhead shouted out as he walks out of the cinema that Han Solo died. <laughs> no, I, I didn't I didn't see it coming, but I tried to really stay away from anything that would give me any spoilers and it was only like, you know, twenty seconds before it happened I thought, Oops, this is gonna go one way or the other. Yep. And I'm I'm kinda I mean sounds bad really I'm kind of glad it went the way it did because it's a bit like Game of Thrones you know where they they kill off characters it's more believable and you know you know Luke and Han and Leia you know they're they're in a dangerous job you know and yet they keep surviving so it's more realistic and it it sort of clears the way for newer younger characters as well so it's it's good I, I think you know I think it's good to a little bit more realistic, Chris. Well, I mean, I must admit, I thought as soon as he stepped onto that bridge, he was a goner. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about yourself, Greg? I, I yeah, I felt the same. As soon as he stepped on, I was like, "Don't go on there, Davy." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you watch yeah. the other films. You know, and um, when that lightsaber went in, it was a a, a look of shock on his face. Like, oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then he, he took his time to go, didn't he? He milked yeah. it. Yeah, he's, you could see in the look at his face, it's like, oh, you're grounded, kid. You, yeah. <laughs> he, was... should have, he should have said, your mum says hi, and then fell fell off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, um, for me, it's not because I read any spoilers. Again, like you, Paul, was, you know, I was even like a bit weary about seeing trailers, to be honest, in case it gave too much away, and thankfully it didn't. But um, to me, it was the fact that you know Harrison Ford wanted to be killed off in Return of the Jedi, and he's never really spoken that fondly about Star Wars. Not like Indiana Jones, and I, my theory on that is, you know, Indiana Jones, he is Indiana Jones, he's the main character, whilst Star Wars, he was part of an ensemble. Mm. Um, and that's been my theory on it. So when they announced he was coming back, I thought, I bet they're only going to have him, they've only coaxed him into coming back to do Star Wars because they will kill him off. Yeah. Um, so that that was always my thing. And that was actually what we only talked about five minutes before, <laughs> before we got to the cinema, before that bloke shouted it out. So, uh, you know, I'd already been prepared. So although we obviously had no, just because someone shouts out, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But, you know, I'd already kind of prepared myself. It could happen. So when he said it didn't ruin a film too much for me, but um, yeah, 
I mean, it was it was and it was sad. You know, I did get a bit teary. He was, uh, you know, a fantastic character, um, and uh, because he'd been so good throughout the film, you know, I think the impact was even more than it it could have been otherwise. But um, no, I think I think it was the right decision, mm. and um, yeah, just just yet yeah, another thing that was right for the film, really. Yeah. I didn't think Chewie mourned for very long. Wookies, Wookies get over people pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, he wasn't harassed, was he? Yeah. Oh, I don't know, like when he picked up, if you think about when he picked up Ray and Finn after their battle with uh, Kylo Ren, um, you know he was he was quite choked up. What yeah. I didn't understand is when they they took him back to base, that Leia didn't do anything with Chewie. Bearing in mind, it's like his co-pilot, his best buddy mm-hmm. for like over 30 years yeah she was more concerned about about Ray so that's because it's his daughter daughter (laughs) well did you you notice that Ray could speak Wookiee like maybe her old man android so she does have a bit of facial hair so she's a a parcel tongue (laughs) (laughs) there's a mashup (laughs) Slytherin but you know, I mean, the thing is, it's it's not perfect. I know people aren't gonna say it's the greatest film ever, and it's a Star Wars film. They, you know, that's it is per- it is perfect. It's the best Star Wars film they've made. There's my. When do you know what, Craig? I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I agree with you because the the the, the f- one, two, and three rubbish, yeah. and then, and then the originals. The first one was directed by George Lucas, who we all know is not the best director in the world. Five and six are pretty good, but seven, I think, is is tip top. Yeah, it's when got everything. Out, when I walked out, I tried to put into order, you know, where that sat. And as you walked out, I said to Lindsay, like, you know, how do you put it? Because she really wasn't expected to be anywhere near as good as it was. It blew her away. And she said, I, I don't know. Like, I think it could be my favourite. I said, I know I've only watched it once. I said, but at this moment in time, not just because I've seen it, but just because of how I felt it was directed, how it looked, everything about it. It was my favourite. Yeah. Um, now, time will tell if that changes again. But, I mean, it's got a hard job. It's the funniest of the films. It's got some of the best action sequences of the films. Mm. Um, everything's bigger. Everything's been supersized. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost like taking the best bits of, of a film series and just blowing them up. Mm-hmm. In, in scope, not literally blowing them up, um, <laughs> but yeah, just making them bigger and better. I think that's I think that's it. And um, you know, I think it's it's a shame that JJ's only doing that one. Um, it's Rian Johnson, I think, is doing the, the second one, episode eight, which is he directed a film called Looper. Yeah. Is, is the Jurassic World bloke doing the third one? He is, yeah, Colin yeah. Trevolo. I think his name is. So uh so that'd be that'd be pretty good. And I think I think JJ's gonna be involved with them anyway, but just obviously not directing them. And Looper's actually a good film. So good film, I have faith yeah, I mean I don't even like Bruce Willis that much, but you know it was good. And um so it's I mean it's in safe hands because I mean Jurassic World is is a, a good blockbuster film. Mm-hmm. But you've gotta you've gotta when you're doing a Star Wars film, you've got to do it to a, a certain thing, and I think Disney aren't going to let anyone fuck this up like uh, you know has done previously. So well, I uh, hope not. I hope not. But you know, pilots of the pilots of the Caribbean. You know, the first one was fantastic, and then it just went down the toilet. So yeah, I really that, hope they don't do that with Star Wars. 
there wasn't a story for Pirates of the Caribbean. It had been told mm. in the first film. Yeah, the rest yeah. was all just bollocks. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And I mean, the thing is as well is that you know, with with this, Disney spent was it was it three or four billion to buy Lucasfilm. Yeah. Um, you know, so they've they've invested a lot. I mean, saying that they're making a lot of that back on this film alone. They're going to get fifty percent of that back on this film alone. It's going to smash two billion, easy. And somebody pointed out something the other day. One of the, the big things that we didn't talk about was um, when they went to like the new cantina band, that's yeah. the new cantina oh, yeah. bar, shall I say, and um, how that building looks very much like one of the locations at the new Star Wars land. Mm. Mm. Well, haven't we heard that this new Star Wars land is going to be based on nothing that's been in any Star Wars films? Um, I'd not heard that, but I did think they'd probably focus it more it's, on. It's the on the Jim Hill podcast, the Tour and Plans Jim Hill podcast, okay. the newest one. Go on Other podcasts are available, though, Craig. Other podcasts Thank are you, available. Glad someone said that without me having to mm. coax. <laughs> let's get let's get as many catchphrases in as we can. Now. Absolutely. No way. Hey on, hey on. <sighs> oh, good choice. Good choice. Good anyway, choice. <laughs> <laughs> listen. Really, there was yeah. one other character, a sort of slightly minor character that we haven't talked about, and I wonder if she's going to make a, a reappearance because she got she got stuck in a, a garbage. Compactor, didn't she? Captain Phasma. Captain yeah, Phasma. In fairness, she is six foot four in real life. You know, yeah. honestly, when I saw the pictures of the premiere the other day, the European premiere, I was like, what is she standing on? And then I was like, oh shit, she's not Warwick standing Davis. on Warwick Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I really had no idea she was as tall as she was. Because that mm. driver who plays Carlo Ren is only about five foot nine or ten himself so um you you didn't get that idea from the films they they filmed it quite well but um i did read something the other day she was interviewed i'm guessing as a press junket for this um and she's and it was said that captain phasma has a much bigger role in in episode eight so uh i think that's the thing because i mean that was my thing as well i was like oh i'm surprised that you know obviously they they focus a lot on the character and then she didn't really do anything at all Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's why I think it's more like an introduction. Same with uh, Poe Dameron. I think he'll really become a major player in this one, especially you know they've got to fill the the, the Han gap, as I'm mm. going to call it. So um, I think with that that in mind as well, then that's probably where uh, where Episode Eight is going to go. But yeah, good good call there, Paul, because we hadn't mentioned Captain Phasma at all. In fact, I'd almost forgotten she was part of the film. Mm. We haven't mentioned BB-8. No. You don't need to mention BB-8. Oh, we've oh, stunned him. Really? He's a phenomenon. Yeah. Isn't he? I'm getting yeah. him tattooed on me bum tomorrow. <laughs> well, uh, at the moment, we're trying to... Uh, Lindsay's trying to coax me into buying one for Lincoln for Christmas. Remember that Lincoln is one and a couple of months at this moment <laughs> in time. Not the, not, the, not the app one. Not the app uh, droid that's like 150 quid. That's obviously too small, but a Disney store have got a, a version that rolls along the floor and does the noise and you know everything. It'd be sold cool. out, wouldn't it? Or um, you, I, you know what? I think they planned so well for this that um, they've got a lot of stock. <laughs> they've got an awful lot of stock of uh, of Souls merch. I think they've tried to get ahead of the game this year, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it'll be harder this week to get than than most. But uh, I said he can wait till he's free. 
Ages free and up, that'll do. But uh, but saying that, I might have to buy it now just to make sure that he's not sold out in three years' time because, uh, yeah. I mean, he, he just pisses all over R2-D2, doesn't he? Let's be yeah. honest. And well, R2 I... was a good little robot, but... R2-D2 could have solved half of that friggin' film by just waking <laughs> up a bit early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's a McGubbin, isn't it? You've he got to have that. He had... He had the rest of the map in his head. Yeah, but Ke- Kenny Baker, he, he is 80-odd, so... Yeah, 81. 81. Is he? Yeah. You know, he's not a young bloke. Oh, really? They get forgetful, don't they? So. It, did, it did make me laugh, though, when C-3PO expressed his joy in seeing R2-D2 again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Knowing how in real life they feel. What was, what was the thing about the red arm? What was that all about? Annoyingly, it's revealed in a comic that's just come out. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. Like what that's about. There's a C3PO comic. I think it's a one-off that they did it like as a time for the film. Done a few of them, and mm. in that comic book, it explains why the red arm. Mm. But they obviously mentioned made mention of it in passing comment. You know, in a, yeah. again another funny line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. And I, you know what? I don't mind when films do this kind of thing, but it does mm. annoy me a little bit because. Um, I remember Tron Legacy, a lot of people saying about, oh, the story didn't make much sense and it seems to be missing things. But if you played the, the video game that tied in with it, it filled in a hell of a lot of the missing plot. Mm. And I don't think you should have to force people to do that, really. Mm. In one way, it's good synergy, but if I'm paying to see a film, I expect to see an entire story. Yeah. If it, you know, mm. makes something up that's not, you know, as important as the film itself, but don't like make out that I have to play the game and see the film to make the whole story make sense. It's ludicrous. So I don't know. When one of us reads the comic book, we'll, we'll say out on the podcast and it'll save people the trouble. Um, but I mean, I think you know the, the the key thing from the four people on on this show today is that we were all uh, overblown with emotion of uh, the Force Awakens. Definitely. So anybody going back to see it? Yeah. Yeah. Not oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not going to go back to to IMAX to see it because it, <laughs> with with dinner included, I think it probably cost me about seventy quid to go and see Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> because because the tickets alone were like eighteen quid each. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we you know we obviously up London we had dinner. I tell you what, we did get though. Um, I'm not a massive popcorn fan. I I can really take it or leave it. The wife likes it more than I do, but um. They, they did a combo in the cinema that we went to where you got uh, a Star Wars themed cup and a Star Wars themed popcorn bucket that was made of tin. Uh, the popcorn bucket. The cup was just like hard plastic, but the, the tin was, was pretty good. For like £8.50 mm-hmm. with a drink and popcorn. So, like, which is pretty much what they charge anyway. So I didn't yeah. think that was too bad, actually. It was, I was surprised they weren't trying to charge you, like, 30 quid. And I know some cinemas are doing Star Wars 3D glasses, which I haven't seen yet. There's apparently four different types. So I might have to invest in those because they will work on my TV. But, um, yeah, that was pretty good. But, no, I think I'm going to go and see it at my local trusty £4 cinema. Um, give them a bit of business as well. I pre-ordered it today on iTunes. I pre-ordered the uh, Zavi, who I hate, so I'll give them a plug, but slag them off at the same time. Um, are doing a, a still book. It hasn't said whether it's a 2D or 3D disc yet. Uh, I can cancel it later on if I want to, but I thought, yeah, that's probably one that I'll invest 
for a steelbook for. Do it every now and again. Do like a steelbook. But um, yeah, I know even Sky are doing are doing a pre-order. You can pre-order it on Sky now. Mm-hmm. Which wow. is crazy. Because I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing it'll probably be out wait, December now. <sighs> probably about May. They're putting, yeah. If they're smart, they'll release it for May the 4th. Yeah, do well on home, <laughs> but uh, you know we know what Disney corporate can be like sometimes. So who knows? But uh, but yeah, no, very excited to see it again. Anyone else seeing it again at the cinema? Yeah, I'm gonna go and see it in 3D. I think perfect. Just Great. see what that's like. I'm gonna try, but it's hard, isn't it? it can be definitely. Yeah. Hey, Chris, did you say you you might do as well. Uh, yeah, I might do. Uh, the only film I've ever seen more than once at the cinema was Skyfall, so I might. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. How did you, uh, on a different note, um, but just because we're talking film and you brought it up, um, anyone seen Spectre and what they thought of that? I went yeah. to the premiere. Oh, oh hello. Ooh. Hello. Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was as good as Skyfall. Yeah, but tough act to follow. I haven't mm. seen Skyfall yet. Oh, Craig, come on. Oh, come on, Craig. Sorry. It's good. It's Eddie Bassey singing the theme tune there. Not a doubt. Sing the theme tune. Make the theme tune. I I saw Spectre and I thought it was good, but like you, Chris, not quite as good as as Skyfall. Better than Quantum of Solace. Yeah. uh, (laughs) It wasn't too hard, really, was it? No, No. not really. But um, no, actually, I mean, it didn't get the best reviews, but I thought it was was better than the reviews made out to me, certainly. Yeah, Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought the opening scene's amazing, the uh, carnival scene. Yeah, yeah, no, very good. Very good start. But uh, but no, that's that's it. I I think we've we've pretty Star Wars out now. Uh, One last question, though. Ah. So when we went to see it, there was one Jawa. One Ewok and two Jedi Knights. Was there anybody dressed up when you guys went? We seen a family, two Princess Leia's <laughs> and two Jedi Knights. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was my local Odeon. All the staff were dressed as Jedi's. Wow. Um, and then in the auditorium, other than me and my partner Emily, they were literally all blokes. <laughs> sausage fest yeah they do reckon only 30% of uh, people that have gone to see it are female yeah I, but I, at the same time I do think that will change because I, I think and that's probably why they've got someone like a character like Ray involved because you know that is you know I, I think a good way of bringing in a female audience is having a strong female role model mm. um, strangely only 40% who went were men <laughs> Don't even know what that means. Work the rest were droids. Droids. Ah. Yeah. Well, in, in Crawley, there was about three percent that were Jawas. <laughs> Jawa binks. Um We are, we had somebody dressed up as uh, Qui Gon Jim at our screening, but considering it was the first day of of the film, I was surprised by the lack of. But I think we went in the afternoon, and I think a lot of people just come straight from work. Yeah. So probably didn't get a chance to dress up. I mean, I certainly would have dressed up if uh, I'd, I'd uh, thought about it more, had more time. I couldn't I get see you as Princess that. Leia. <laughs> yeah, no, I tried to buy the Disney Store costume, but um, as he's hanging out and everything, didn't even, didn't even have it in, in my daughter's size, let alone my size. So it was, uh, it was a shame. But um, maybe for the next one. Maybe for yeah. the next one. But uh, right, well, I think um, I think we better wrap the show up there. 
Um, I, you know, I'm I, to be honest, I cried at the end of of the Force Awakens. I cried during the Force Awakens, and when we discussed on the way back, um, he said to me like, "Why did you cry at the end?" And I said, "It was a mix of emotions, but I think mainly because it wasn't shit." Mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think that was probably the main reason for me crying. Because it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Just keep George Lucas away. That's all we need to do. And yeah. appara- apparently, he he liked it. So not that it, it <laughs> makes that much of a difference, but you know, nice. Is he getting a cut? I wonder. Uh, well, no, not now because he doesn't because they bought Lucas on, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. But I bet you he's getting a percentage somewhere. He, he was a, a creative consultant for a bit of the pre-production. I read somewhere. Okay. I mean, they probably I, had him in for a bit and then thought, oh no, God, let's get rid of him. And then got rid of him. I'm sure he still gets merchandise right, so he, he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. He's not going hungry, that's, that's for sure. Yeah. In there, just one last thing. In the Odin where we were, this lad must have had this rehearsed for months. So just as the music starts and everyone starts to simmer down and, and concentrate, he shouts, The Force has awoken! <laughs> in my pants <laughs> and everyone guffawed in the general area <laughs> I've got to say I thought, I thought you might have said that he was he started to sing the Bill Murray song in, in time to the theme tune no it was it was, was just song. that singing oh I can't remember the words uh, I think it's, it's Star Wars keep having Star Wars uh, oh, I don't know YouTube, it was a famous Saturday Night Live skit, it was good. Um, but before we go, as we keep adding, I'll tell you what, it's a good job that the Force Awakens didn't have this many false finishes, didn't it, really? Let's be yeah. um, but, um, you know, I don't think it'd be fair to, to leave the show without Chris giving a plug to your book. And I'm, I think we're going to have you discuss that on, probably on our next show a bit more, in a bit more detail anyway. But just if people want to get a head start, um, about where I can get your book. Yeah, yeah. well, I can come back anytime you like. But the, the book is available at Waterstones or Amazon um, or if you're in America, Barnes & Noble. Um, and it is the rip-roaring story behind Halloween Horror Nights, the world's largest uh, Halloween event. So, have any of you guys been? I've been twice, yeah. I went this oh, year. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. You, you went this year, didn't you, Craig? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. absolutely loved it. Five years ago from me, but I think this is uh, this is the just like the Force Awakens. I think we can lead this show on a cliffhanger. Oh yeah, yeah. let's do that. So so let's leave it there for anyone that's interested and said want to get a head start. That's where you can buy the book from. I mean, this is this is a proper book. This isn't even like an e-book. <laughs> you can have it on Kindle though. If you want. Yeah, no, of course. You know, everything everything's on Kindle nowadays. It, but it it's the published, fact that you yeah. can actually get like paper and and hard paper um physical <laughs> stuff is amazing um but chris thank you very much for joining and uh we will have you on again uh when we schedule our next show which i suppose we'll have to dis- discuss soon um and- see you in 2017 then <laughs> yeah no no it's okay i'll probably be recording so there'll be one um but it'll be an episode eight <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's probably quite likely actually but um thank you very much for for joining us thank you no. chris for for coming on as well we'll have you on again next show um have a lovely christmas dear listener thank you very much for sticking with us through this troublesome year 
where uh, we've probably been a bit awkward at times, but thank you for sticking by, uh, the 12 of you that are left. Um, <laughs> and um, made a full speed with you this Christmas. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you in the new year. Excellent. Yeah, we will, yeah. See you soon. Merry Christmas. See ya. Oh, look at that. Craig changing the music as we fade out. <laughs> oh. Good night, everybody. Yep. See ya. <laughs>